Today's episode is going to be about death and the number nine. See, I prefer to put more love into my episodes, but before I can do that or get to that, I have to deal with this death situation process, um, elimination process of things, okay? So, um... So I'm not going to drag this episode because I spent way too much time looking for an intro music to put on. So I wasted a lot of time and that's going to lead me to talking about number nine. Now, I don't know what number nine means to y'all, but in my previous episode, I talked a little bit about it. And now I'm going to continue to talk about it because I'm a life path number nine. And I don't know what that means to you people, but to me, it means giving a lot of potential to finish things and complete things. It's a number of completion, like seven or or three or five. It's 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 a it's a level of completion. So, me being a number nine life path, I've always had a tough time finishing what I start. So, this episode has been a long time coming. Number nine also deals with, like, cusp energies, like, um, uh... Things, um, people who are in cusp of, uh, two different, uh, zodiac signs are, like, also can relate to number nine life paths, uh, in general. So, I'm a Libra, Scorpio, like, I have a Libra, Scorpio cusp thing going on, and, um, I've learned by now that a lot of things that I start or like to do or want to do are have a lot of resistance to things. I have to fight a lot more harder to complete certain things because it's in my chart too. It's in my nature too. Death is a metaphorical thing. It's like getting rid of parts of you that no longer serve you to for you to get to where you want to go and number nine carries all the qualities of the numbers from one to eight in nine i really don't know why this dude like mowing his lawn when i'm doing my podcast episode so for number nine life pass it's like um you want peace you're not gonna get it you want um love you're not gonna get it you want um a degree you're not gonna get it you want a happy family, you're not going to get it, you know? Everything is, like, a process. Like, right now, I sound like I'm cool, but I am pretty angry. And like I said in my last episode, anger is a terrible thing to waste because anger is, um like, sexual energy in a way, too, and it could be used in creativity. And death, that, uh, death, Death is a uh, number 13 in the tarot cards, uh, okay? 
Number 13 is related to uh, feminine um, creative forces, okay? So, talk. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep talking about um, that uh, feminine energy now throughout all my episodes because that was, like, a long time in coming, too, you know? Uh, it's just, like, stuff I just been, should have been uh, doing that... There's so many things that come in the way of you um, fulfilling your goals. That's why I stopped writing down my goals. I stopped doing a lot of things that I like to do because um, it's like, you know, uh, what the fuck is the point? So, uh, death, okay? The appearance of the death card symbolizes a metaphorical death. It's not a actual talking about a metaphorical death. It invites big changes, personal transformation, endings. This lawnmower is pissing me off. Shredding, shedding, shredding your old skin, ego, to embrace your new self. The image of Kali, the goddess of love, birth, and rebirth, symbolizes endings and beginnings. To accept the new, the old must be released. Alright, people. To accept the new, the old must be released. Is anybody listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? So. She is often misunderstood for relating her energy to the brutal glory on the battlefield. She is the protector, lover, guide, and mother who motivates you to accept the changes for the best and to weave remarkable story of your life. This is sounding all very like new age and stuff, you know. But <clears throat> I'm not, you know. Like, who the fuck mows their lawn like six o'clock at night? All right, I'm just gonna get through this. All right. But she is the protector, lover, and guide, and mother who motivates you to accept the changes for the best and to weave remarkable story of your life. Standing on the body of a soldier signifies her efforts to fight for her the innocent. Although she seems savage to extinguish life, but her rage is for those who deserve that. She wants you to learn this vital lesson in life that what appears to be a loss could be a signal for happy beginnings. So, there's so much I could say, but, um, death is a horrible word in the tarot cards. The death card is considered a powerful card. I think it's related, I mean, I don't think, I know it's related to, uh, Scorpio, but, uh, but it does not imply our departure from this world. Okay? Because energy is indestructible. Death is also indestructible in a way. Because, yeah, you're, you're, thank you for, thank, thank fucking, sorry guys. Alright, so, um, what I was going to say is that although, it's like, would you rather hear a lawnmower blowing things or things or like birds chirping outside 
Okay, so death has to do with um, the womb and going back to the womb um, and <clears throat> the in-between realm of things. So as a transition, uh, transformational, transitional um, transition to the next phase of life, feel the beauty of death. Because death is an integral part of being alive. The setting sun also gives hope for a new day and rebirth. Death is the indicator of transformation, big changes, and personal evolution. Don't you forget it. Do not be afraid of changes. The appearance of this card implies the needful changes in your lifestyle to let go of all the useless things even attitudes and behaviors to culminate renewal and success forgetting the past is not easy but once you allow yourself to close old doors that are no longer serving you and open new doors you will see the constructive life patterns and visualize possibilities enthusiastically welcome the positive and transformational force in your life so there's a lot of fucking distractions in this world <clears throat> and that um that don't let you uh fully grasp this uh death transition properly okay and um, I'm going to play a clip from uh, this documentary about um, JFK's um, casket when JFK died. And I really want to talk about um, uh, the f whole funeral um, mar market. Of, uh, you know, they, um, they make a profit out of, uh, people dying through funeral homes and all that. So, um, I'm gonna play a clip for, um, and so you guys could get more of an idea about, um, transitioning, this is like, it is, is a lot, it's a lot to talk about, but, um, it says enthusiastically welcome the positive and transformational force in your life. You might be feeling as if you are the only one caught in a whirlwind of sudden and unexpected changes. Resistance will only add more to your pain. So, um, you know, that's why I have a lot of resistance because, um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you could like plan um too many things out when you're like uh, a number nine life path because uh you you come uh you come with uh there's a lot of resistance to uh things that you want to get done but it is a perfect time to bid farewell to old bad habits painful memories and forgetting your doubts to uh pave new paths and unlock advantages for you. Death card rules Scorpio, a passionate water sign. The scorpions are akin to regenerative 
powers, and positive transformations. Their intuitive and curious nature steers them to dig deep into the things to reveal the truth. One has to be careful to cheat on them because a wounded Scorpio never forgets the pain. You must leave your past behind and live a, a authentically. It would be highly beneficial if you meditate, read, and study and study mm -hmm. universal laws and make spiritual development your top priority. Duh! So this, I'm um, reading this from probably this uh, pale woman who um, got the ideas and all this information from people, you know, already. She's just like reminding you who you are. So, um, that's, you know, I guess that's what I'm doing is reminding, um, reminding, uh, I'm just a reminder. No, I'm not. So, like, <clears throat> that's the word sounds really weird. Remind her, like, re, re, mind her. That sounds really, like, crazy. Like, remind her minds or something like that. Like, manipulate her minds, remind her. I don't know. So, the her that things are keep trying to remind her. Like, she's been through enough death and rebirth processes to know that the universe got her. And the multiverse. Have you ever heard when you make plans, God laughs? So the eighth house deals with Scorpio energy. Um, the death card, the death card relates to Scorpio um, energy. The number eight relates to uh, the zodiac sign of Scorpio and creation, uh, the creation process the death and rebirth process, and generation, the word gender and generative, gen, um, generation, regenerative, all deals with um, the woman, woman's body be, and the man's body, you know, body being like regenerative, but more, um, I'm going to say more, um, so the woman, okay, like the energy came before matter, okay, so, um, also deals with water. It's just like a primordial, um, thing. So, uh, it's a, it's a, um, okay, um, what I'm trying to say here is before you could get to nine, uh, completion, you have to get, go through eight, uh, death r.i.p to my father my grandmother and my um ancestors and thank you very very much for the help from the other side to transition things along in the physical side Wow, so we have <clears throat> two retrogrades going on. Uh, Mercury is in retrograde, and uh, Pluto is in retrograde in Aquarius till October. 
October 10th, to be specific. You know, <clears throat> we should have these planetary forecasts on playing on the local news. Like, imagine, I mean, if they, like, gave us the whole, um, these planets on, in, instead of the other shit, meteorology that they give us in, I don't know, what the weather report, it should give us an astrological report. Like, what I'm doing right now. Planets in the signs. Uh, Mars is in Cancer till May 20th. Mercury is in Taurus till May 12th. Uh, sun is in <clears throat> Taurus till May 21st. And Venus in Cancer till June 1st. That's your astrological report for the day. And um, I think the moon is in Capricorn. And Capricorn deals with um, all that death energy as well. Because it shares a ruling planet with Scorpio, Pluto. Alright, so on my wallpaper, it says, Although the walking path is empty now, a springtime stroll with loved ones is a popular pastime here. It's kind of deep. It says, although the walking path is empty now, a springtime stroll with loved ones is a popular pastime pastime here pastime is like a pass pass we're just passing through it's like a man's world we just passing through it so let me play this clip uh by ask a mortician all right it's about jfk's casket what is going on but here is a crucial piece of information Jackie Kennedy and Robert Kennedy did not want a funeral director involved at any point in Kennedy's death care and funeral. This was 1963, after all, and they knew their Mitford. A few months before Kennedy's assassination in 1963, Jessica Mitford's The American Way of Death was published to huge fanfare. It was a runaway New York Times bestseller taking aim at the funeral industry, calling it a huge, macabre, and expensive practical joke on the American public. Now these are lead-coated steels, medium price range. Mitford argued that the funeral industry in America sanitized death, while at the same time codifying its most gruesome practices, including the lavish casket, embalming, makeup, mourning memorabilia, and burial vault. The Silent Night Special. And very special it is, too, if I may say so. Her descriptions of the embalming process were so graphic that her first publisher broke their contract with her. When the American Way of Death was published, the average funeral came to the exorbitant cost of between $700 and $1,000. To put this in perspective, the median annual income was only $5,600. Mitford's righteous indignation at the high funeral costs and lavish funerary products tapped into the zeitgeist of the time. Americans felt deeply taken advantage of by the funeral industry and were ready for a scathing takedown. This offers maximum protection for a unit in the middle price range. As an alternative, Mitford argued for the simplest funeral possible with the simplest casket possible, followed by a cremation. 
There was no need for the dead person to be. Sprayed, sliced, pierced, pickled, trussed, trimmed, creamed, waxed, painted, rouged, and neatly dressed. Transformed from a common corpse into a beautiful memory picture. Well, not merely waterproof, nor moisture-proof, Mr. Barlow, but dampness-proof. The funeral industry, as you can imagine, could not have hated this woman more. Not only was she British, she was a former communist, the red sheep of her aristocratic English family. To this day, funeral directors are angry about Mitford, and they can really hold a grudge. You're just gonna need to trust me on that one. This is one part of what makes 1963 one of the most fascinating years in American death. Alongside the publication of The American Way of Death and the Kennedy assassination, there was the Pope stepping into the cremation debate and lifting the ban on cremation for Catholics. Catholics like the Kennedy family. When Mitford's book was published, only about 3% of Americans were cremated. 3%. Now, acceptance of bodily dispositions moves extremely slowly, but numbers began to rise with the American Way of Death's publication, growing to almost 60% of Americans now. I would argue a lot of those percentage points are as a result of the theoretical groundwork laid by Jessica Mitford and those who agreed with her. Which is not to say the legacy is not complicated. My colleague, Dr. Cammie Fletcher, argues convincingly that Mitford was so worried about the cost of funerals that she wouldn't allow her argument to be complicated by race, ethnicity, immigration, or even gender. And while I agree with Mitford's overall critique of the funeral... I could do a whole other episode on John F. Kennedy um, and he, why he was a different... Uh, he was looked at as a different um, president because of his religious background, I guess, um, in Christianity. And then, um, this lady, um, Midford, um, said to be a communist, but it says it was surprising that Midford did not include the multiple Asian American cemeteries and Latinx death ways present in the California area where she lived and worked. So, um... I don't know. Uh, what I do know is um, in Islam, we have a thing called um, like a fatia, and we give a rem a rem remembrance um, uh, to the our past loved ones in our family that passed um, on, like our lineage. So, um, you know, you, um, pray for those, um, uh, not pray, like remember and, um, yeah, I guess pray and, um, you know, uh, give them thanks, basically, remembrance and, um, and I don't know, like the way ancient people, um, uh, how they uh, practice, you know, like what they did in um, during death is not, uh, you know, how a Western society uh, does anything. I mean, we had like long periods of, you know, uh, like we would get people together. It would be like, uh, I don't know, in the in in in, in um is in, in my religion and um in 
back home in India, like they, um, the the women actually really come together and they do uh, a huge prayer and they pray all the um, the Quran like um, they play, pray the whole Quran like thirty times or something like that and read read it uh, after the death and stuff and um, they have uh, uh, surahs and a lot of things like related to the death process in Islam. It's all about really the other side and stuff. And, um, that eighth house, um, all that, it's about all of that. Like, that's why they, um, it's like a womb. It's, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's all about like the transition of that, um, uh, moving on to, uh, f from the physical to the other side and stuff. So my birthday is on November 1st. That's All Saints Day here in um, the uh, North America or whatever. And um, so, uh, yeah, I always feel like I've been connected to the other side. Like, you know, I've been through enough spiritual awakenings to know that they should be including um, it into, like, the hospitals and um, institutions in general. Okay, so this is from the Cosmic Mother. The moon tree, like all symbols of the great goddess, is a double-sided, the double axe, the double spiral, the moon wheel spinning right and left, the lunar horns of cows waxing and waning, the gate of or doorway, womb and tomb, where one enters and leaves is born into and dies out of. And so the moon tree is double-edged with roots in both earth and sky, branches in both sky and earth. But this symbolism is not dualistic. The mo moon mother is the triple goddess and her symbols have a triple aspect for in each the two polar sides are joined in the center. Get it? Joined by her body, the trunk of the tree, the handle of the double axe, the center hub of the wheel and still center of the spiral, the cow who bears this crescent horns, the space and the lentil stone itself joining the directions of the doorway. It is the mother goddess who stands herself in the center and joins the opposites in her being. As the third and magic evolutionary term of the triplicity, she mothers the opposites, good and evil, both born from her. There can be no physical alienation. There can only be understanding and a will to evolve. All through the Neolithic, the matriarchal consciousness in both women and men was still open to the process of the self, called by Jugnanians, the Jugnanians, that's called Jugnanians, the unconscious, the therefore a physicalness 
Soma was brewed in the cauldron of inspiration and regeneration, the sacrificial cauldron of the Great Mother. The cauldron, like the other symbols, is the Mother's body. It received the ritually spilled blood of death, but also produced the drink of immortality. In the form of the crucible, crucible it was inherited by the alchemists. In it, base metals were changed into gold, matter into spirit mortal into immortal this mother pot appears among early european pagans as the great celtic cauldron of inspiration the cauldron of seraduin central to later druidic belief belief and practice hold up in early Christianity, mingled with medieval pagan iconography, it is the chalice of the Last Supper, the Holy Grail, containing the blood of Christ, the blood of the mother's sacrificed son. It also appears as a suite of cups in the tarot cards. Isis and her priestesses carried a musical instrument called the sistrum, Legendarily, it contained the four elements of the universe, earth, air, fire, and water. Each is the opposite of the other, and they are all resolved into harmony within the body of the sistrum. Nature is released by the movements of Isis, Isis, vibrated into music and vision. The roses of Isis are pure passion, love, redeemed from lust by the energy of understanding. I am she of 10,000 names. I am all that has been and is and shall be, and no mortal has ever revealed my robe. The robe of Isis is the multicolored veil of nature which hides the mystery truth from uninitiated human eyes. The sun lovers of the goddess Dionysus Osiris willingly but even Buddha and Christ against her will are the same. The goddess of Crete wears three opium poppy seeds on her head, and Buddhists twirl the wheel chakra to achieve inspiration and luminous integration. All this churning of the cosmic ocean finally produces the magic drink of Soma, the moon fruit, the mind. I'm not finished. So much of what comes to us from the Great Mother mythology is her aspect as terrible mother. Historians and psychoanalytical researcher, researchers stress this aspect as though it illustrates the darkness and savagery of all those millennia unenlightened by patriarchal order. There was blood sacrifice but nothing approaching the scale of patriarchal mass murder nor was the sacrifice wanton. It was highly ritualized and people believed there were deep reasons for it. Our human ancestors could not have survived the millennia as brutal savages, nor could they have created all the seeds of all the cultures that followed unless they were highly complex beings. To know them, to know our own to know our own history as earthlings, we need to understand their complex and their reasoning. The ancient people believed that the fetus was entirely formed and fed from the mother's blood. 
And this was why women didn't menstruate during their pregnancies. This perception was half correct, though the entire menstrual cycle is only recently understood. Menstrual blood was valued for its power. African and Australian Aboriginal people painted themselves red and poured blood and sacred stones celebrating the menstrual power of the Moon Mother. The great and terrible goddess mother of India, Kali, was covered in blood-stained clothes during her monthly periods and these garments were prized as strong medicine. Kali's devotees also slashed themselves and covered her statues with their blood. Their, these ceremonies still occur in India. That is true. That's what ha actually happens in Kambay, India. Um, what uh, uh, During Moram time, it, I, I, when I was a child, my, my mom took me to India. I actually was, saw the men cutting, slashing their chests with uh, knives. What was taken from her by hum um, <clears throat> expanding on the perceived expanding on the perceived uh, power of menstrual blood? It was believed that the mother has earth body needed strengthening and renewal through blood sacrifice as her blood created creatures. So the blood of creatures was cycled back to her. Whoa. What was taken from her by humans in the form of harvest had to be returned in human or animal sacrifice so the Neolithic funeral rites were not only connected with the deaths of human beings, but also acknowledged the death of all earth vegetation. <clears throat> Let me repeat that one more time. So the Neolithic funeral rites were not only connected with the deaths of human beings, but also acknowledged the death of all earth vegetation. Blood sacrifice and sexual rites were interwoven with mourning the dead, plowing the fields, harvesting crops or all um, mourning the debt, all to aid the rebirth of the seed. It's a rebirth of the seed and the dead body, a rebirth of the dead body um, through a ritual renewing of the great mother through the mingling of blood, sex, and spirit. The moon also has seen, was <clears throat> seen as a weakened and devoured by the powers of darkness during its waning phase, the dark, of the moon came to symbolize the awesome underworld. Ancient Hindus believed the dark moon descended to earth to wait in the sacrificial place. These two, two, three nights of darkness are full of terrible power as darkness and as the bleeding time of women. During this time, humans once fasted and prayed and performed rites to keep themselves concentrated and intact during the passage of darkness. That's deep. So, in the later, um, so the three, um, days where, um, you know, like Jesus dies and comes back to life, that's, this is what, um, it's coming from this, um, great mother, uh, 
side of uh, darkness. I think I'm done reading this. The la later Neolithic times, some cultures saw the moon as male. Oh, okay. Yeah, as the sun lover of the goddess. As the sun lover of the goddess. Sound crazy. Like, the sun and the lover of the goddess is um how the males saw it. Saw the moon as male. They saw the male. Neolithic times, they saw the moon as male. It's like when... It's a homosexuality period of happening, or like that's as the vegetation de deity died once each year to the fertilize the crops, which is blood. So the male moon god died each month. He disappeared for three days, locked up in her underworld. This myth was continued in the ritual of Christ being closed up three days in the tomb. Oh, okay. In Polynesian um, belief, the dying moon journeyed to a faraway paradise where it bathed in waters of immortality and restored to vigor returned in three days. The mother goddess of Mexico and Central America contained very clearly this double aspect of continuing life as a fruit of death and vice versa. Among the Mayans, the primordial gods were bisexual. Wow, Lord and Mistress of the Two. Earth and night sky were the original unity, but the <clears throat> it says Earth and the night sky were the original unity, but the Earth Goddess falls from her embrace with the dark heaven, and is torn asunder from her two halves come heaven and earth by this painful rendering. Rending, she becomes the source of all life, all food, but she also thereby becomes a triple mother. Sometimes the earth goddess cried out in the night, demanding human hearts, and then she would not be confronted, comforted until she had been given human blood to drink. Wow. So, um, yeah, um, strong evidence suggests that mass human sacrifice among Mayans and Aztecs, in particular, the offering of hearts to the sun was a late development initiated by the warrior and priest class under a militant patriarchy. Blood sacrifice occurred worldwide. We never know for sure. How much of it occurred within goddess worship and how much was attributed to the great mother religion by later male-oriented priesthoods. Mass human sacrifice is def definitely linked everywhere with ruling priests and warrior classes in elite male ser service to a sun god. Individual sacrifice often voluntarily uh, undoubtedly occurred under the great mother under the moon and it occurred only amongst settled agricultural people why because settled agricultural people during the neolithic were taking control of the growing processes of earth they were deliberately planting deliberately reaping and they felt the intentional use of mother's body might be the uh, 
intentional use of mother's body might be a violation. It needed proposition, what? Propietition, which is a form of acknowledgement of use. Oh, like permission. Their need was for rebalancing, for reharmonizing above all. So, all right, so it's talking a lot about the moon and, um, so I guess um getting like the moon has to do with intentions. So um yeah, it has a lot to do with in intentions. So how do you imagine this earth is your canvas? How do you imagine your the earth to look like? So how do you want it to grow and how do you want to sacrifice the your mother's the mother's blood to um like how how do you want to use the sacrifices of your mother's blood to to grow um fruitfully on this earth is what I'm getting here okay all right so the constant recycling of life through death and back again dramatically signifies the human need to harmonize these poles especially the women's need to harmonize our production of children with their consumption of food. The harmonization was always a major concern of women's religion. It is only after the introduction of the patriarchal sun cult that the polar symbols of eating and sex became irreconcilable under under patriarch under patriarchal control, child production and food consumption have never been in harmony for long, and so mass human sacrifice appears via religion, ritual, or warfare as the sun gods attempt to harmonize them. That was important. So it says... um. a profound fusion of positive and negative symbols and this is always related to food not to sex but to food which is the first taboo sex does not require an act of death an act of murder or for its fulfillment but eating does from the beginning there was a primary human perception that our living is sustained by death by the death of other life forms and animals all right so I was just getting like <clears throat> I think there's like a Chris Brown song that's like um he's like uh he's like talking about fucking the women to sleep or something like that. And I always thought like what the fuck like why you know, I thought about like that concept of like why you wanna fuck a woman to sleep, like why don't you wanna wouldn't you wanna be alive? All right, anyways, would you rather, anyways, too much information.
sorry to conclude this transitional episode. I'm going to say that really there's only two shades, and that's black, I mean dark and light. Not black and white. It's dark and light, and through the dark, you know, the light uh, appears. So, that being said, is like, um, we get male and female is the two genders. And from this episode, we learn that, uh, I don't know, y'all tell me what you learned or something. If you learned anything or not, or if it confirmed anything or not, but, um, Anyways, it doesn't matter because um, uh, your purpose uh, over here is not for everybody and um, or to you know show everybody what it is. <coughs> so I want to end this episode with um, these uh, goddess messages of love. Okay. So here we have uh, Goddess Isis, the goddess of magic, sexual energy is sacred. My pleasure is a prayer that brings me back to life. Okay. Lilith, the first woman, I am the voice of my body and soul. I choose the life that I desire to live. Joan of Arc, the warrior of light. I have a steel-like faith in myself. The angels armor me with conviction. Here we have Sarada Devi, the divine mother. Under unconditional love exists within me. The presence of love is the absence of judgment. White buffalo calf woman, the prophetess of the sacred way my heart is a compass the path of love is true abundance diana the queen of the wilderness the language of the natural world is a frequency of love this is my mother tongue zhao wan Zhao Zong Jing, the mystic of peace. I am peace. When my mind is clear, the way is clear. Almost done. Saraswati, the goddess of self-knowledge. The essence of who I am flows effortlessly into everything I create. Mirabai, the saint of true freedom. Love is what sets me free. I am married to my own soul. Then we have the cosmic egg, the divine feminine. I hold the universe within me. I am the force of an ever-expanding love. And Shekmet, the red lady. I am pure strength. I honor my anger by giving voice to it. 
Let me read that again. Shekmet, the red lady. I am pure strength. I honor the void. I honor. I honor my anger by giving voice to it. Period. So these are these goddesses that are, you know, the energy around, um, giving me strength through transitions and through my greatest, at my greatest pentacles, I had to overcome my greatest obstacles. Two thirds radio.